with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 162nd program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Last week, again, we needed to highlight how the United States has been acting and presenting itself as a warmongering nation from its very inception. We also reminded listeners how unequal the global military balance of power really is, the US and NATO expanding their reach systematically during the last several decades. And we lamented our one-eyed cheerleader media happily pushing the line that the US and its allies are merely interested in defending democracy on the international state. They also name it the sort of keeping the balance as is. While our media quite rightfully uh, highlights the serious wrongs and abuses of China and Russia, whether that's Ukraine or the Uyghurs, the distortion of truth lies in the complete lack of scrutiny of the role the US and its allies, including Australia, globally and in their own nations, play too. The uncritical acceptance by the mainstream media of US and allies' military aggressions comes with a shift of focus to other regimes, which works like a magician's sleight of hand. Yeah, like, look over there. Yeah, that's right. This is the magician's dark art, focusing your attention elsewhere while carrying out their trickery unnoticed. Mm. Yeah, so with all this in mind, we were really interested to catch Q&A on on ABC TV last week. Uh, And this was just by chance for my own part. The topic was China, democracy and capitalism. A question posed to the panellists really caught my attention as it is exactly the one we've been addressing in quite a few programs in different ways. And this is what the question from the audience was for the panellists. Why do we persist in labelling China as our major security threat when history strongly suggests otherwise. The evidence shows that it is the US and its allies that have waged unceasing and sometimes unjustified wars. Former US President Jimmy Carter declared the US is the most warlike nation in the history of the world due to a desire to impose American values on other countries. So, who is the real threat to our security Unquote. And that was the question. And so, of course, I, li- I leant forward. I waited with bated breath to hear the answer. Uh, but predictably, it was completely fudged. Stan Grant threw the question to panel member James Patterson, who's Liberal Senator for Victoria. His answer completely sidestepped the question about the US. Instead, Patterson talked about China. He started with, quote, 
The reason why the Chinese Communist Party is labelled as the biggest national security threat to Australia is because they are. Oh, my goodness. And then he went on. And then he listed all the ways he thought China is a threat. And um, I'm not dealing with them here, but the point is this was like complete myopia. The question was about the US. He said nothing about the US and he talked about China. Mm. <laughs> and um, But anyway, let's not spend any more time on that, Jacques. Yeah, so it's no, a good illustration, yeah, though. That's right. But for this program, you wanted to actually talk about peace. Mm. And in the same question and answer program last week, there was some great articulation of what some of the necessary ingredients of peace may look like and what it may take to achieve a peaceful state of and in the world. This came from Australian Sharon Burrow, who is meanwhile, uh, since a couple of years now, General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation, which is located in Brussels. Your home. That's right. (laughs) She talked about the need for thoughtful engagement with other leaders, rather than bellicose escalation of tensions or uttering ominous statements like Peter Archer in last Saturday's Age, just just as a, as a sort of an indication of that whole article of his, uh, he said, and I quote, and we can't say that we have not been warned about China's putative aggressive plans. So that was the tone of the entire piece, mm. really. So, again, trying to turn back to peace, Shark, <laughs> and what it would take. This is what Sharon Burrow, she was so articulate Mm -hmm. uh, on that Q&A program. And this is what she said at one point, quote, You have to engage and it has to be with people and common security. And I'm not just talking about military security. I'm talking about people having jobs, having wages on which they can live, having social protection the social contract that gives people confidence to feel that they're safe, mm. unquote. Mm. Those are issues we have been talking about and thinking about in Think Again for many, many, of our, many of our programs. The growing inequality globally and in many countries, including Australia, with more and more of our common wealth and our growing economic productivity going to the 1% to 10% of the wealthiest at the top. With workers' wages trying to keep up up with inflation Mm. and going down in real terms. With Centrelink payments well below the poverty level. With the growing crisis of homelessness, housing affordability getting worse. Do the 15% living below poverty level have precarious employment or living without a home? Do they feel secure? Mm. And should the 30,000... Plus. Plus people killed by gunshots in the U.S. each and every year and over two million people being incarcerated. Should that surprise us, really? Yeah, that's right. And, and according to, in Australia, according to the latest uh, ABS statistics, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander prisoners astonishingly make up 30% of mm-hmm. all prisoners mm-hmm. yeah. while being 
3% of the population as a whole. And the, and I recall that being 25%, which was bad enough a few yeah, years ago. So right. it's getting worse. So do yeah. they feel secure and yeah, safe? It is, it is growing, yeah. And think about the three nations from the democratic, so-called democratic Anglosphere, with almost about 400 million people altogether, just having established AUKUS for quote-unquote security mm. reasons. They had been electing populist leaders, leading to the Brexit disaster in the UK, the storming of the capital in the US, and in Australia to the many commissions and omissions we have been talking about in this program. So some security. Yeah, maybe unequal security. Security for a few <laughs> and insecurity right. for the rest. And, well, when wealth isn't shared equitably, I think you were pointing to this, shark. Uh, when people are exploited and when people live in poverty so that the rich can become richer, nothing illustrates the insecurity coming from that more dramatically than that storming of the capital mm -hmm. in the US by Trump followers. That's and who right. can forget those images? Exactly. There's no peace without security, yeah. that's for sure. And this applies internationally as well as domestically. There's been a lot of hand-wringing about China's increasing influence in the Pacific. But what does security mean for Pacific nations? Yeah. Sharon Burrow, again on question and answer, she, she suggested... <laughs> Q&A. Yeah, Q, oh, dear. <laughs> question here yeah, and Q&A. Uh, suggested absolute poverty as one big issue. And another one, the risk of losing home and livelihood because of global warming and other aspects of climate and ecological change. And the third one, the desperation of sheer unemployment. So this is what we have to address. To address not for picking, people living in the Pacific. Mm, that's yeah. right, not picking rather unnecessary fights with China. Yeah, and, and perhaps, Shark, better resourcing international diplomacy mm -hmm. <laughs> or, uh, rather than military hardware. Yeah, as Sharon Burrow said, and I quote, in the end... You're only going to resolve conflict and you're only going to give the people that we care about in the Pacific, particularly in this instance or in other countries, a sense of security if we're not actually picking fights which have got nothing to do with them, mm -hmm. unquote. And speaking generally, Burrow said that after the breaking up of the social contract with the impositions of neoliberalism since the 1980s, we need to develop a new sense of common security. Mm, a new sense of common security mm -hmm. um, that we've lost with the loss of the social contract, I mm -hmm. guess. Exactly. And, and, and that means the loss of the trusting, a, a trusting agreement between governments and those they're supposed to govern for, yeah. that they're actually being governed for. That's right. And Burroughs said we need this sense of common security to be backed up with critical, honest dialogue to try and find common ground rather than escalating international conflicts. Mm -hmm. We need to put people and the environment, people and planet, at the heart of our strategic thinking based on a commitment to telling the truth, mm. for which for us in Australia would apply in relation to First Nations people and internationally Pacific and Southeast Asia nature, na nations, peoples and really our neighbours. Yeah, so, well, that makes sense, doesn't mm. it, mm. really? I, and how, how do we make peace with anyone or any people 
When we don't own up to our own transgressions, how the, can you make exactly, peace? Exactly, the historical ones and the present ones, that's right. And how do we make peace when we don't accept other groups and nations' legitimate claims to exercise influence and aspirations? And when we find it difficult to not treat every aspect of, of America's attitude and behavior as gospel, and that, surprisingly, was in, also in the editorial of the Saturday Age last week. Mm. Uh, really, a frank editorial they, they uh, Unusually published. Unusually frank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to say. Particularly also as it contrasted with two articles, one by uh, uh, Harcher and another one, a regular commentator on China. Yeah. And the title of that editorial was U.S. Missteps on China Should Be Questioned. Well, there you Hallelujah. go, Jacques. There's some rare light shining through the edifice, and mm. the darkness is very rarely complete. <laughs> That's right. We will continue with our discussion after the break. With uh, In the meantime, we have some music, Color of Our Jumper. By of your our, ju- color of your, of jumper, your jumper, not our jumper. Oh, dear. <laughs> by Archie Roach with Dillis. Kicking a 40 around my backyard Me and the cousin Tried to kick a ball But what a time we had Oh, we played real hard Yeah, we played with our heart and soul Oh, this is the best game in the world Young and old It's my Football team Yeah, my Football team Putting down a player Is trying to put him off his game Oh, my Football team Yeah, my Football team Well, it's the color Of your jumper Color of your skin Neighbors across the way Come over and play a game Kicking the ball off the house And off the car When we start to play You know I went insane Across Australia and around the world, we've seen reactionary right-wing mobilisations around anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown and anti-public health demands. In response to this, the campaign against racism and fascism have launched the campaign Pro-Vax, Pro-Union, Anti-Fascist to combat the far right and to fight for public health, safety and social solidarity. Go to www.calf.melbourne to join the fight for the safety of workers in the community and against the far right. A 3CR supporter.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. We've been talking about peace and what true peace would take, like security, social fairness for people, rather than bellicose drumming up war by our leaders, (laughs) for example. Yeah. And the idea of sovereignty seems to be central uh, to a lot of this drumming up of war. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the idea of an independent, I guess sovereignty um, has the idea of an independent bounded territory to be defended or expanded against the intrusion of others. But what if this idea of sovereignty is outdated and leading us all down a destructive path? So that's what we want to talk Mm -hmm. about. Especially given that global warming, pandemics, nuclear proliferation threats and assaults don't respect national sovereignty and boundaries anyway. Yeah, well, try telling carbon pollution to stay within the boundaries Mm. of one country. Yeah, good luck with that. Sydney University's Emeritus Professor Stuart Rees One of the initiators of the Sydney Peace Prize writes about this in a great article which appeared in Pearls and Irritations. His article is titled Uluru Statement and Makarata Message Redefine Sovereignty. Mm. But probably first some background to the notion of sovereignty and its origin. The Oxford Dictionary defines sovereignty as, and I quote, supremacy or preeminence in respect of excellence or efficacy. Knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, then but they go on supremacy in respect of power, domination or rank, supreme domination, authority or rule. Unquote. Or supreme dominion. That's right. In yes, in the European Western Roman Christian culture and political context, the power of sovereignty was accorded in a historically descending line from God bequeathed to an emperor from the early Middle Ages and then, as the power of the Roman Church waned, to the emerging nation-states and their leadership. Mm. In fact, the Peace of Westphalia, a peace treaty made in 1648, is often thought to be the beginning of the practical application of the notion of state sovereignty. Mm. Hugo Grotius, a Dutch legal philosopher in the 17th century, developed philosophical and political arguments and justifications for state sovereignty, as well as warfare, defense and peacemaking. Yeah, I think he has a lot to answer for, Jacques. <laughs> and as a st- uh, ethics professor, Jean Bethke Elstein suggests, <laughs> and I quote, a sovereign state is to sovereign God so sovereign selves are to sovereign states. Hmm, okay. As sovereign state is to sovereign God, so sovereign selves are to sovereign states. So that was the thinking laid down in the 17th century. So I guess what it's saying is God is the top sovereign, then the state, and then the individual, right? That, in a sort, that, that's the historical evolution of the thinking around the notion of sovereignty. That's right. Uh-huh. So it, it creates the sovereign individual person, eventually, from the 1700s, 1800s onwards, of liberal democratic capitalism. Mm. So the autonomous individual of capitalism. Uh, or the, the sovereign, sovereign self. That's right. Mm. Yeah. In any case, the idea of uh, a state, sovereign, a state sovereignty became the ideological basis upon which Australia in, in 1788 declared to be terra 
nullius by those who invaded yeah. invaded uh, mm. on the basis of their sovereignty, uh. pretend sovereignty in England. So it was considered no one's land. Mm. And so, yes, and so justifying England as a sovereign state of what is now called Australia. That's right, exactly. And for some context, back to Stuart Rees, starting with the political uh, the political militaristic notion of sovereignty, Rees quotes Defence Minister Richard Miles. Mm-hmm. When asked on the 7.30 ABC programme whether the alliance with the US meant giving up some of Australia's sovereignty, the minister answered, <laughs> quote, No, but sovereignty is really important question. Having sovereignty really matters, and submarines are a good example of that. <laughs> Unquote. So Miles constructed a straight line from Australia's sovereignty, which we need to defend, presumably, to an implicit justification for the AUKUS nuclear-powered submarines we're somehow acquiring from the US or the UK. Wow, what a, what a <laughs> weird logic from notions of Australian sovereignty to the need... For nuclear submarines, it reminds me, Jacques, of a, a, a probably mm. going a bit left field, a nun from my childhood who used to say, when you see girls plucking their eyebrows, you know the communists are coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. What is interesting. <laughs> exactly. What is interesting, of course, that we're now all admitting in our acknowledgements of country that actually Aboriginal land was never ceded. So what about that sovereignty? And that the land was stolen. So which sovereignty was Miles really talking about on ABC's 7.30 report? And given the rather cavalier way we and our allies so often ignore the sovereignty of so many other countries we invaded, occupied and destroyed, on what moral base is our claim of sovereignty as a nation really built? Mm. Oh yes, there's still also the echo of the hairy chest beating exclamations of some former ministers of this country that we decide who will let who we will let come into this country. Yeah, I think John Howard. That was John <laughs> Howard. Yeah. So, well, entry to this country is evidently helped by having a few million dollars. Mm-hmm. I would throw in um, a few million dollars to put in the bank or to gamble away in casinos mm-hmm. or pay university fees. Or even, I guess, being an au pair for the minister's friends if people can put their minds back that far. That's right. So that, again, shows where sovereignty has descended into, (laughs) the individual sovereignty of individual decision makers. So whilst China is internationally recognised as the sovereign of Taiwan, why would we even think of joining the US in the defence of Taiwan? That question was posed by Mike Scrafton, who was formerly Chief of Staff of the Australian Defence Department. That sort of defence of Taiwan which we would engage in would actually be a crime of aggression in international law. And, the, and, and I quote Scrafton, the prohibition on the crime of aggression underpins world peace and is in Australia's national interests. Mm, yeah, and and of course we're all meant to be interested in the rule of law, aren't we? Mm, Which we right. talked about in our last program. Right. Or yeah. maybe we're only interested in the rule of war that's right. for yeah. our opponents and that's not right. for That's right, or in the status quo, in Q&A, status quo, as in Q&A. That word was mentioned at least ten times. Mm. So 
back to Stuart Rees, he contrasts such militaristic ideas of sovereignty with an Aboriginal one, the Makarata principle, to which we already referred in our last programs. And I quote, In their Makarata prescription for people coming together after a struggle, the Uluru authors insist that an ancient sovereignty can shine as a fuller expression of Australia's nationhood. The vision is humane. The language is generous. Makarata captures our aspirations for a fair and truthful relationship with the people of Australia and a better future for our children based on justice and self-determination, unquote. Rees also cites poets and arts and culture to feed into this other understanding of sovereignty. Similar to the Makarata, such authors, poets, speak of ancestral ties between the land or mother nature, of fair and truthful relationships, mm. and commitment to values of respectful, inclusive, non-violent aspirations. Rees also quotes Russian poet Yevgeny Yevtuchenko, who evokes the self-sovereignty notion. And I quote, Freedom of sovereignty where everyone has power and conscience is the only power, unquote. Mm. At Borderlands, we use the notion of interdependent autonomy to describe real sovereignty. And the authors, cited by Stuart Rees, paint an all-inclusive, cosmopolitan view of sovereignty, which is ignored by militaristic notions of sovereignty. And I quote again, Even language is murdered. Mm. Abusive power, arming every nation, calling destruction a means of defense, can somehow protect people by killing them, let alone by ending life on earth. Yeah. And as Stuart Reese concludes, and I, I will quote him, in Australia at least, the Uluru Statement from the Heart perceives sovereignty as a cue for inclusiveness, for non-violence, for friendship and for experiences of unity by people walking together. It offers exciting, life-enhancing prospects and a new definition of sovereignty. And for our community announcement today, we are again asking listeners to support an important peace initiative. A number of peace community, environment and faith organisations are planning to place an advertisement in the national newspaper, calling on the government not to involve Australia in a war with China over Taiwan, to sign the UN Treaty to prohibit nuclear weapons and to direct public spending away from AUKUS war preparations to its urgent social and environmental needs. Mm. To sign and donate to this crucial peace effort, go to https colon double forward slash antiocuscoalition.org. So antiocuscoalition is one word, dot org. We'll put the link on the program page for today's program. And also uh, the next issue or the present issue of uh, the new community is on peace. So if you are interested in either obtaining a hard copy or a PDF, let us know via the uh, 
email address, which we also... Which you will give in a moment. That's <laughs> right. So thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our program. If you want to send us a message, please email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our Me. past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, please enjoy Let Love Rule by Archie Roach. Overcomes us and we cannot find our way. Although we keep on searching for the light of day, and we hear the children crying, and we don't know what to do. Gotta hold on to each other and love. See us through Let love Let it guide us through the night That we may stay together And keep our spirits calm Only fools Will shine the morning light will keep us safe from harm Oh, I cover up my ears So I cannot hear The voices of hate And the voices of fear And I cover up my eyes Cannot see what's happened to this country that used to be free. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.